If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. All right, let's start talking about the Chiefs and the Ravens again. The injury report for yesterday did not practice. Derek Noddy, Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco, and Joe Tooney. Pacheco is expected to play. They are uh, resting him. And it's smart considering how physical he is and the uh, amount of punishment he takes each game. But Joe Tooney, that's the biggest concern, obviously, with his pectoral strain. Did not practice, so it looks like we're headed towards Nick Allegretti getting the start. Mike Edwards was listed as a limited participant, so he is trending the right way. And so hopefully he'll come back from his concussion and be able to play as he returned to practice as a limited participant. And for the second consecutive day, Willie Gay Jr. was a limited participant. He is a very important player to have going up against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Trey Smith was back at practice as a full participant. And uh, LeJerry Sneed, limited participant as well, along with uh, Kadarius Tony is a limited participant. Everyone else is a full participant. For the Ravens, Mark Andrews, it looks like he's going to be back. He was a full participant in practice. And then Marlon Humphrey with his cap injury, he was a limited participant. Those are the two biggest names on the Baltimore Ravens injury report. All right, let's start off. I want to play one clip from Spag's. I want to play number 12, Jake, because we talked about this with a couple of the players in the locker room yesterday, and Spags was also asked this question. Uh, Steve Spagnolo was asked uh, if they'll defend Lamar Jackson differently than they did Josh Allen. They are different quarterbacks. You know, what we want to do to them might change a little bit. I don't want to dive too deep into it, um, but... He- He's just like, if you, you put the film on, I mean, it's like, okay, how, how do you defend that? It's another one of those, right? Because there's some things he does that nobody else does. And uh, the, the best thing we can do is try to try to contain him as best we can. To me, the best thing we did last week, if we, can, if we could do this again, which is hard to do, is limit the explosive passes. I mean, I think that helped us. You know, then it makes him kind of matriculate down the field and hopefully we can make a play somewhere along the way. The Willie thing is a really good one. I don't know where we'll be right now, um, but he, you know, you all know he adds a piece and passing downs. Now, as we talk about that, we got to get him in those passing downs. Last time we played this crew, uh, I know it's a different offensive coordinator, but we only had 11 third downs and five or six of them were, were one to four. We need to, that needs to change to have any kind of success or have a chance at success. So that's what we'll be trying to do. One more clip I just sent you, uh, Jake. This made uh, a few uh, headlines on social media. Uh, Taylor Lewan was on with Kay Adams, and he said there is a formula to beat Lamar Jackson. And so uh, let's hear what he had to say. Yes, the the Ravens are an incredible team, but there is a formula to beat Lamar, unfortunately, and it's making him go east to west and make him throw the football. With Pat, it's kind of like you plaster guys and keep dudes in coverage, and hope to God he, you know, you get to him with three or four. And and so it's it's a very it's very difficult playing Pat. And and with if you have the uh, the right athletes uh, from Kansas City, which they they might they could, 
you know, you could neutralize Lamar Jackson a little bit more with that running capability. Then he said, and then after that, when he was getting some pushback from Ravens fans, he, he tweeted out, any Ravens fans want to be mad at me, go ahead and look up the 2019 divisional game between the Titans and the Ravens. That's the formula. So, Stan Weber. He was a Titan. Yes. So he remembers that game well. Has Lamar Jackson improved enough that you don't have to talk about his past playoff performances? That's the real question that he's trying to prove. He was better this year. He was a better passer, and he was a better passer after plays were extended. Mm-hmm. That's his greatest improvement area. Uh, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys can keep a play alive and then find a way to make incredible plays. You just like the Bills touchdown right on back at the 13-yard line, third down, pocket breaks, and he finds a way to throw a dart in there. That was unbelievable, that throw and that catch. Right. Like, what Lamar, do you do? Lamar Jackson did not make those plays in the past. No. And I don't think he's making that throw. Well, he hasn't, but he hasn't been able. Okay, he just said go east to west. Where did Josh Allen go? He got, he got pushed not to run, pushed sideways, and yet he was able to run to his left and throw a dart in that corner front corner for the end zone. Josh Allen can make that play. Lamar Jackson had never, when he got in the mode of having to move, hurt people like that. Usually he would either run or try to throw a pass over the middle and just barely miss, right? Incomplete pass. Doesn't get sacked, okay? He saved you seven, eight yards on a sack. He'll do that. He's very good at not getting sacked, but he doesn't make you pay when the play continues. That's changing this year. He's been able to do that. He's been able to run around and then find guys downfield and make plays and throw the ball accurately. But he is not as likely to take off and run. He has not been in a scramble mode as much. He tries to keep plays alive, and I think that gives the Chiefs a real chance. I think the game really is reliant upon if Lamar Jackson wants to win this game, the Baltimore Ravens can win it. If he just goes out and says, I'm going to run for 100 yards, I'm going to cut your heart out, then I think the Chiefs will lose the game. But he doesn't want to play that way. He wants to be a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He wants to move in the pocket, turn around, and complete a pass after he scrambles around. Or if he has to run, he'll run five or six yards and slide down and say, let's you know, let's go another play. But if he just decided, like Josh Allen says, at this point in the year, I'm going to go win the game. If he blows out his shoulder by getting hit, did he, you think he cared? He was no, running with he's physicality. never cared about his body. Like when he's running yeah. into the end zone and stuff? Yeah, he's running they, people They over. held him back throughout the year, right? Josh Allen did not run as much for the Buffalo Bills this year. Because they used to run seventh grade quarterback sweeps for him in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, on third and if five. If they needed a third down, yeah. They, they just run it. They started doing that at the end, but they tried to save up for it. Lamar Jackson has not had that sense of urgency. Lamar Jackson plays the playoff games like it's the third game of the season. Mm. He's, I don't think he's nervous. But he's not intense enough. Like He does not ramp up like, we have to win this game. This is different. The game's on me. And he may grow into it. You know, he his comment this week famously talking about how he doesn't want to play against Patrick Mahomes is very cute, very accurate. But he did say before it was done, it's a heavyweight fight between two greats. Like, he included himself in there. Like, I'm a great, like Patrick Mahomes. We're going to have a heck of a heavyweight battle. Maybe he's mentally ready to do that. If he is, Baltimore can win the game. Because the way the difference in these two teams is his ability to go run for 15 yards. And I don't care if it's first and 10 or third and 15. Patrick will go get 15 yards, too. It's unbelievable how well he can do it. But Lamar can really go do it. He, 
he's almost hard to touch if you're playing touch football, if he wants to be a runner. He flew for 150 yards last week and ran for 100. 150 yards isn't going to hurt anybody, right? Right. But if he had 100 yards rushing in there, suddenly he becomes a weapon that no one else has. If he plays like the weapon that no one else has, then that gives Baltimore the Ravens a chance. If he is going to rely upon being a better quarterback, throwing from the pocket, and keeping things alive and hurting the Chiefs that way, it's unlikely to work. Because in the second half, what did the Chiefs do against the Buffalo Bills? They changed their rushing strategy completely. They didn't rush the quarterback anymore. They all just pushed against, like electric football or something, mm-hmm. they pushed against their offensive linemen individually and just said, I'm not trying to get back to Josh Allen. I'm trying to be ready, squared up, eyes on Josh, to throw you away and be able to possibly squeeze the hole. One guy, Chris Jones, went for the quarterback. But you know how he went for the quarterback? Trying to run over his guy. Pushing his guy like a blocking sled. Exactly. Everyone was blocking sledding it. Yeah. Do most defensive linemen on any play have that strategy? No. Mm -hmm. They're trying to arm over, do anything they can to get past the blocker, right? Did you go watch the second half? Yeah. The Chiefs weren't trying to get past the ball. That blocker. was the biggest play Chris Jones made, right? He, he pushed his guy right into Josh Allen on that throw into the end zone. Yeah, on the last drive of the game. Yeah. But he did it yeah. square. Yep. Pushed he didn't him right try there. to go around him. Just and watch him the right other three guys. Yeah. They're just in the mode of dancing. They're like, I got you, offensive lineman. And the offensive lineman's like, I'm doing my job. The offensive lineman feels really good. Like, I got the defender right in front of me. I got hands on him. He's got hands on me. I'm doing my job. But Steve Spagnuolo's going... We're not blitzing. We got tons of dudes back there covering. You're not going to get any deep plays against our guys. And we're going to let Josh sit in that pocket as long as he wants. He can sit there all day because we're going to cover him. And then, Chris, you go try to get him, but just run over your guy and try to blow the pocket up. And, you know, the MVP of the game was Diggs. He was the player who played less to what his potential should have been of any player on the field. He lost the game for the Bills. He played awful. Why Why didn't he have catches? Now, Josh didn't throw it to him late. I think after the fake punt, the Bills were in complete shock. Yeah. And they got nervous. Like, we're not going to win this game, and how are we going to win this game? And they, the Chiefs said, we're champions. What are you going to do about it? And the Bills go, we're nervous. They didn't do anything. After the fake punt, the, the team just hoped. And on the last drive, what was Josh doing? Hoping. Like, when he threw that pass when Chris Jones bumped him, Romo has helped out Josh Allen tremendously. Because what did Romo say? Oh, the reason why that ball didn't get to the back of the end zone is because Chris Jones bumped him. Is that really right? Is that really right? Because Josh Allen might be able to just flick that ball with his body, and that late push by Chris Jones might not have affected it at all. But Romo said it, and so it, cre- it creates credibility. The fact is, Diggs was wide open crossing in front of him. Why did he just put the ball on Diggs? Well, he wasn't thinking straight. They were hoping. And you know what else? How much confidence did he have in Diggs? He delivered a perfect ball on that bomb that should have been caught. That's and the ball Bills game. If, if he maybe catches, win that game. Diggs makes a catch, the Bills win. And I mean, you know what, though? The, there's another duty he hit. He was over the end There's another duty hit right on a bomb. But that guy's not a big time player. I'm not going to blame him. But Diggs has been yeah. a problem. He's not been engaged. He's not been making winning plays for the last half of the season. So your point about uh, Jackson scrambling to throw more this year as opposed to scrambling to run, that's what Amenahue said to us when when Stephen and I interviewed him yesterday. But I remember 
specifically the Ravens-49ers game. They had a lot of success on those types of plays, off script. And and at that time, it was Troy Aikman talking, but he said that Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator for the Ravens, when he got there, that was one of the first things was, we're working on scramble drill. We're going to make sure that the wide receivers know what to do so that they can anticipate, he, you know, Lamar Jackson can anticipate where these guys are going to break. And obviously, we saw the Chiefs be so good at that with Mahomes. That's those scramble drills where guys just seem to be on the same page, which kind of been missing from the Chiefs this year. It seems like a lot of the time. But um, I'm curious. It doesn't sound like you're too worried about that. If that ends up happening in this game, or is it because you believe the Chiefs' defensive backs are good enough to stick with them? Or what are your thoughts on what kind of a threat they are in that well, in I those situations? It, you know, I talk about the danger factor. Like, what happens if a team played their best game? What would they be like? If you watch the Ravens play the Niners, go watch that video. If they play like that, they win. Right. Right. Because that was poetry, man. Mm-hmm. The, the 49ers are good. And they were at home, and the Ravens tore their head apart. Yeah. But when Lamar scrambled and threw, he threw accurately. Mm-hmm. And he's got weapons now. Odell yeah. Beckham, as kind of a your second or third best option, is a pretty good option. Mm-hmm. Right? He's humbled himself some. Zay Flowers is the real deal to get down deep and run... The Ravens have always had a deep threat with yeah. Lamar, right? They've thrown bombs. Mm-hmm. Like he'll scramble around a little bit and someone will be open deep. Mm-hmm. But that that's not going to work. It's when a guy runs a legitimate route and comes open and goes, okay, I'm not, oh, you're not throwing it yet, and then runs like 15 more yards and then opens himself up over the middle and the ball's thrown accurately. That's what they did against the Niners. That's mm-hmm. the best of Baltimore, and that's the best of Lamar Jackson. That's why he's going to be voted the MVP because he did it more this year. So he has the right mindset, but under pressure, is he really that reliable? Before what he did always, he was so simple to to monitor. He would run and not ever get hit. He'll run and slide. You know, if, if it's second and nine, I would want my quarterback to know that he got nine yards, get a first down. Don't give us third and two. Third and two sucks in the NFL. <laughs> but you know what Lamar does? He'll just slide. He doesn't care if it's third and two. Doesn't think ahead like that. Okay. Patrick Mahomes always thinks ahead. So he slides down. He does that, and he throws to Mark Andrews. He throws to Mark Andrews so much, it's unbelievable. And he's healthy now, it looks like. But he got away with Mark Andrews not being there, of not relying upon that and becoming a better quarterback. Where's he, what's gonna, what is he going to do this game? Is he just going to continue to throw to Mark Andrews, or is he going to throw to all the guys? When he's on the move, the Chiefs are going to say, don't run, don't run, don't run, run sideways. Can he complete a pass when he's running sideways back there? That'll be the game. Or he can tuck it and run. If I were a Baltimore fan, I'm saying tuck it and run. I do not tr- don't try to throw the ball to Zay Flowers 15 yards downfield when you're on the run. I know you can do it, but there's like a 60% chance you're going to do it accurately. If you start running, the Chiefs can't catch you. I guarantee you're going to get five yards. I mean, I don't care if he runs back to the end zone and has to run around forever. You can't catch this guy if he can see you. And, and plays the speed game. And Willie Gay, he could be helpful, but it doesn't matter. If he knows he's going to run and he can see the field, he can go get you seven yards. But he's got to quit sliding. I'm from Baltimore's perspective. Quit sliding and worrying about being healthy later. No, you need to be diving forward and getting 15 yards instead of eight yards and those kind of things. But I don't think that's his mindset. So it comes down to the Niners game. If he throws the ball on the run like he did against the Niners, because their defense was awesome, they made him throw from the pocket like the Chiefs are going to make him throw from the pocket. He did it. But what chance is that? One in three? One in five? 
I'm going to tell you, the Chiefs defense was hitting in that second half of the Bills game, too. And if, if Lamar oh, runs too much. Are, the Chiefs are on fire. You know, they got to blow up is his own read. That's what Spags is talking about when he had we had that clip earlier. The pass game is going to be easy. You don't send a blitz. You send a blitz once in a while to trick him, but generally you have to have a philosophy to say make him throw from the pocket and let's cover guys like really well. And let's dare him to run because he probably won't. Who's the key on that zone read defense? Is it is it the ends like Karloftis and Amenahue? Is it the line? Like who? No, no. It, it, they'll change up who comes, and that's okay. what will blow up the read. Gotcha. Because what happens, zone read is just leave the guy at the end unblocked. Karloftis. He's unblocked. Okay. And the, stick the ball in the belly of the running back, and the quarterback watches him. And if he sits and just looks at you, you give the ball to the running back, and he runs right by him. If he comes up like he probably needs to to squeeze the running back on a running play, you pull the ball out and you go right where he left. And it's just a little option right there. And there's a little gap. And then the next guy's got to come get you, who might be a safety. And you're going to gain two or three yards. And you got a nice angle. And you're going to gain five, seven, eight, ten yards. But what the Chiefs will do is they've got to guess when the zone read's coming. Is there a, is there a tell? You know, Can they tell like the right tackle – has his shoulder turned just slightly? Can they tell and audibleize to a blitz? A run blitz, basically. Yes. Yeah. What happens if Sneed comes off the edge? That blows up Lamar's read. He cannot read Sneed and Karloffis. Can't do it. We saw McDuffie making and a huge you just, tackle. You in just the blow it up right in the backfield. Yeah. That's what yeah. they need to do is send the blitz at the right time, and the Chiefs are the best in the NFL. The best in the NFL at bringing edge blitz, blitzes. Willie Gay. Boom. Where did he come from? Plays over. McDuffie's the best blitzing corner in football. Exactly. Yeah, he did. He did. And Nate didn't write down his notes well enough because yeah, when I wrote, care. he's on dra- somewhere else. The, on the day after he was drafted, I'm locked in, Stan. Did you remember? You don't remember this. Why would you? The day of the draft, when we found out that he was drafted, I specifically said the guy plays in the box in the backfield so well in the box. He reminded you of the Honey Badger. He was like a new version of the Honey Badger. He plays with physicality. He has great technique, great instinct. How many times do you see in the NFL a guy come blitzing free and the quarterback get away from him? And the defensive coordinator is just pulling out his hair. You don't see that with the Chiefs. When they send guys, they got a lot of guys they can send. And when they come off the edge, they don't miss tackles. They don't take bad angles. They blow up plays. You don't have to blow up the pass plays to beat Baltimore. you got to blow up the zone read. Mm. Mike Edwards coming back and the amount of snaps and success Shamari Connor had, he, he's good. Yeah, uh, or Justin week. Reed. Justin Reed, backfield, Justin minus Reed. two. Minus two, and you just see Lamar just kind of crumble and go, there's nothing here. Those plays, when they would have run the ball, are, are what's going to win the game. Because in the passing game, the Chiefs' strategy is good, it's up to Lamar. Lamar runs for 100 yards, 70 yards, cuts the Chiefs' heart out, Baltimore can win. But more than likely, that's going to be an even battle between the two. It's when Coach Spagnola said we couldn't get him in third down, and we're constantly in third and three. They're third and three, and they run zone read and get a first down. That might be the only time they have a third down on the whole drive. So that's a game play right there. And that's the hardest play that Baltimore has that Buffalo doesn't, Cincinnati doesn't. Lamar Jackson's not as good a quarterback in the pocket as Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. You'd rather play Lamar Jackson than those two in the pocket, right? Because I don't think Lamar's going to scramble enough to make up for what he can't do compared to those guys. But zone read, only the Ravens can hurt you with that running game concept, and it's a badass concept when Lamar's back there. 
But if you can keep them in third and long or blow up that play once in a while, Chiefs got it. Another guy I want to uh, to credit because we spoke with him yesterday. We'll play that around 830. We talked with uh, Chiefs corner Joshua Williams. Pro Football Focus tweeted this out yesterday. In his last four games, 112 coverage snaps, 12 targets. He's allowed one reception for seven yards, a 39.6 passer rating. You already talk about the Chiefs having the best cornerback tandem in football. Then you got a guy like that. And like we talked about, Mike Edwards leaves the game early, and Shamari Connor steps in and plays 76 of 77 snaps. Are you kidding me? And they're able to absorb that loss. Willie Gay goes out, and you got guys like Drew Tranquil and Leo Chanel stepping up. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. It's unbelievable the depth and the excellence of coaching that the Chiefs have. Dave Merritt deserves more credit as the defensive backs coach. Look at all these young defensive backs, that how, how good they are. You mentioned their tackling, their ability to blitz, how good they are in coverage. Interchangeable. They don't make mistakes. Um, I don't want to take away anything from Patrick Mahomes. I really don't. But when the Chiefs played the Dolphins, it was a clown suit put on the Dolphins, the coaching differential. With big floppy shoes. And with the Buffalo Bills, a giant differential in coaching. A giant differential. If Andy Reid was given a month to coach the Bills and the Bills staff went and coached the Chiefs, the Bills would beat the Chiefs. Because Josh Allen can find a way against Patrick to be close enough. Okay, It's the coaching that is such a difference right now in the first two games. This game is much more intriguing for an NFL fan, a neutral fan, not a Chiefs fan, a neutral fan. The reason why this game can be more competitive isn't Lamar Jackson. It's because now the coaching is upgraded. Now you got a legitimate coaching staff in Harbaugh. Chiefs kickers, unbelievable. So much better than the opponents. Oh, now you got the greatest kicker of all time, Tucker. Special teams should be a more of an even battle. Coaching should be more of an even battle. These are things that the first two opponents in the playoffs couldn't match with the Chiefs at all. At all. How about a missed field goal to get, keep it from going to overtime? And the coaching differential is a joke. A joke. The Bill staff compared to the Chiefs staff and Andy Reid? Are you kidding me? A giant advantage. So right now, there are there is a path to say the Ravens are the number one seed. They've proven it on the field. Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Harbaugh's a legitimate coach. Tucker's a legitimate kicker. The Ravens' defense is really good. I can say all these things, but you know what that is to me? Just a path for the Ravens to win because they're still the underdogs in my mind. It's the Chiefs that are the better team. We've got Stan Weber in studio. We'll be right back after this on WHB. With five wide, three on the right, two on the left, by himself in the shotgun. Here's the quarterback, Hurts, third and six from his own 48. He'll try to blast his way. He fumbles the ball. It's hobbling and loose. It's picked up by Bolton, the 30, foot race, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! The Chiefs have recovered a Hurts fumble and taken it in. Nick Bolton has come up with the biggest defensive play of the game so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with they run the ball, man. Uh, I average 160, uh, 160 per game, uh, so that starts with that. Um, and I kind of just pull off of that a little bit, let Zay get going, Odell get going with a couple explosives, and um, work the intermediate routes with the tight end. So I think we'll start up front uh, with linebackers, D-line, starting stopping the run, um, and then just uh, mixing up a little bit in the back end, trying to see if we get different guys in the tight ends. Uh, we, we understand that both of those guys are very explosive with the ball, um, both vertical routes as well. 
All right, Stan. Um, one thing I've been mentioning quite a bit this week is the pressure that's going to be put on Lamar Jackson. Not the pressure from the Chiefs defense, the pressure from the moment. And I don't care what anyone says. It's, it's a different kind of pressure than he's faced. Because here he is, the number one seed, divisional round that got to play, the Houston Texans, like you said, a team that had no expectations of a rookie quarterback. And so that you, you couldn't have asked for a more favorable matchup in the divisional round. And then the championship game, yes, you're playing Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, but you got him in Baltimore. you got to beat someone to get to the Super Bowl. It's right there for them. Everyone on outside of Kansas City, Baltimore should win. Baltimore's going to win. We, I had to hear him bring up, and maybe, and maybe I'm the one that's stupid, but but people, he asked me, you know, they're one of the greatest NFL teams of all time, like the undefeated Dolphins and the 85 Bears. I'm like, what are we talking about? Don't compare them to the 80. They haven't even won the championship game yet, and people are trying to compare them to the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or the 86 Giants or whatever great, you know, one of the Montana 49ers teams. I can tell you 10 teams that are better than this Ravens team. Doesn't mean they're not going to go to the Super Bowl, but good God, they're trying to anoint them as one of the greatest NFL teams of all time. So all the pressure is on Lamar Jackson. And so there's this clip we played from Tom Brady earlier. I I want to play this. And I want you to listen to this because there's a point where he says he's talking about Buffalo and Buffalo has this oh God moment. And I feel like that's going to happen on Sunday when they find themselves in a game. They think, oh, we're going to go beat the Chiefs by 10 or 14 or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're going to find out it ain't that easy. And how are they going to deal with that pressure or any adversity? How are they going to deal with it if Mahomes takes the lead late in the third quarter and then Lamar's got to go out there and match him? Because he hasn't done that before. Play that clip from Tom Brady. Beat Patrick Mahomes. This guy, if it's not for you or Joe Burrow one time, he's 13-3 and in the playoffs. He's an incredible competitor, and I think it's on display in the biggest moment. So everyone, I got a lot of questions for you. What do you think? It's at Buffalo. And I said, the guy like Patrick, he... He doesn't doesn't phase him. He doesn't care that it's in Buffalo. He wants to go out and play who's ever the best to see how he matches up. And he always seems to play his best in the big moments. And, you know, even the Super Bowl where we got him in when we were in Tampa, he was, you know, he was running all over. He ran for 450 yards, you know, horizontally across the field in order to get passes off. And there was kind of an onslaught of pressure. But he still in those moments was giving his team a chance to win from his athletic ability, his tenacity, his competitiveness. He's got so many of the intangibles. So beyond his ability to throw the ball, run it when he does, he had a great run yesterday. I think he's got these intangibles that everyone believes. And I said it in the third quarter yesterday, as soon as Casey took the lead, it felt like Buffalo's got to go, oh, God, this is not the game we wanted. We we didn't want to be in behind three in the third quarter. And they took the lead, and then – Obviously, the, the the game turned out the way it did. But he's a fierce competitor. They got a great team. They're really well coached. It's been a great organization. Five, six AFC championships actually in the last six years. That's that's pretty impressive. And so I ask you, Stan, if 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 Baltimore has that oh god moment, whether it's the fans or whatever, and they see we're not we're not stopping this offense, we're not we're not going to you know win by ten or or twenty or whatever. And they have some adversity. That's something Lamar Jackson has never faced. That level. I mean, we've all been, hey, we remember back in Arrowhead when you had that, like things would go wrong, and then all of a sudden you'd feel that pressure in the stands and on the sideline. Grunhardt still talks about it. What if that happens? 
can Lamar Jackson stand up to that or hold up to that? We don't know. That's not a given. Oh, no, not at all. And it's unlikely. He'll, he will feel the pressure, and that is a big point to focus in on. It's one of the things that Baltimore really has got to overcome. Tom Brady's going to be a analyst when he wants to be for Fox, their lead analyst. And I think it's very interesting that he had that take. I like Tony Romo. I mean, I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. I like Tony Romo a lot. And I enjoy that he's on the broadcasts. But I thought his take for much of the game, especially the first drive, but it never ended. Like, oh, the Chiefs are in trouble. I mean, this Bills team came to win. The Chiefs are in trouble. You know, and he kept, oh, God, the Chiefs can't stop the run. And I go, the Bills can't stop the Chiefs, and they haven't had the ball yet. I mean, and I just thought, it's, he just kept thinking, he kept set, setting it up like, oh, I think the Chiefs are going to lose today. And at that point in the third quarter, I think my thoughts were with Brady. Bills are in giant trouble because they could beat the Chiefs. But now the Chiefs are stinking ahead of them. Forget all this road stuff or anything you want to think about your advantages. It's your time. The Chiefs are ahead of you, and the pressure's building. And then they fake the punt, and then I think Tom Brady's thoughts match up. I was There was no doubt the Bills were never the same after that. So he was calling it out in the third quarter when the Chiefs had the lead. I think that's a good take. Here's the difference. The Ravens, when they hit that moment, that likely is going to make the Ravens fail and the Chiefs go on to the Super Bowl. Stephen, I'm with you. But the one thing they have still, when that pressure builds and you get those few moments, it's really quick, but you get those few moments to come together and talk as an offense, with an offensive coordinator, with a head coach, John Harbaugh will give Lamar Jackson a chance by staying calm and saying the right things. With the Bills, Josh Allen was on an island. He had no support on the sideline. You, For me, it was very easy. The Bills were in big trouble in the fourth quarter. Big trouble. And Josh had to put Buffalo on his shoulders and go win that game. And it wasn't Josh and his head coach. His head coach was in shock. Did you see him over there trying to call defensive plays? And he's like, we're in trouble. You know what it reminds me of? Andy Reid. Grunny says it all the time, and we all love Marty. You know, we love Marty Ball and everything else. He said Marty would get so uptight in the postseason, the week of preparation in the game, and it, the players would feel turn it. the screw one more right. time, and it would carry over. And I watching that, it reminds me of that watching Sean McDermott. He has he has that look. <laughs> what of that look of dread? Like you know, like you said. And I think they, it, he was hoping to win. He didn't. Right. Andy Reid knows they're going to win. But here's a big statement I've said this week plenty of times, Stephen. It's a big statement, I believe. You can't be scared to lose. Once you have the confidence in yourself to lay it on the line and finish off whatever competition you're in and you're not scared of losing, you free your mind up to be the best. Buffalo was scared to death of losing. And Josh Allen might be good enough by himself to win the game. But it was all on him. It was on one guy to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Not just Patrick Mahomes and Steve Spagnola, everybody. And what did he do? Throw a freaking 70-yard dime to his best receiver, and if that dude would have caught it like he should have, Josh might have got it done. But that was not a Buffalo sideline. Does, does that make sense? The mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens are well coached. They, Mr. John Harbaugh, will stay calm. Now, is Lamar up to it? I don't think so. I think you're right. 
But I think there's an extra chance, rather than everybody being in panic mode, which I think Tom Brady was starting to talk about, and I believed Buffalo was in a panic mode. The Chiefs had them. Man, they had them by the neck in the fourth quarter. And if the Buffalo Bills would have scored with 30, 40 seconds left, the Chiefs probably would have went down and won the ball game with a Bucker 50-yard field goal. Okay? The Chiefs are not scared to lose. They're not scared. And what a dangerous team they become when they know how to win, they believe they're going to win, their stars are playing their best football, including welcome back Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Okay? and they're, But they're not scared to lose. And Buffalo was. The Ravens will be at some point in this game. But John Harbaugh will be calm as heck. And he'll walk over to Lamar and say, hey, don't worry about it, dude. We got this. And he might say, hey, just run the ball. Why don't you run the ball in this series? Cut their heart out. You know, something like that. He'll give them a chance that Buffalo did not have. That's when the coaching comes into play. But is Lamar up to the task? Likely not. We got one more break uh, before uh, Stan Weber leaves. So we'll have another segment with Stan and get his official prediction. And so you can write it down in that damn book of yours, Nate. Back after this on WHP. I don't know if it was the rest or if it was his playoffs. I mean, he's, he's playing so many playoff games now. I think, uh, I mean, obviously the regular season is very important and he wants to do really good, but it's just like the playoffs is a different intensity. And I think he likes that. He, he likes playing the big games and, and going up against the best. And that's what makes him so special in the playoffs um, is that he's able to, to make his game even rise another level, which, which you don't see. I mean, he's already at the top and the rise of another level is uh, that's what the special players do. And uh, I'm just glad he's on my team. It makes my job a lot easier, you know, throwing the ball in those uh, big moments get to the point get to the prediction stan weber let's start with the nfc championship game and reminder you can listen to both games right here on sports radio 810 whp it's going to be a big big sunday a huge sunday nate you got that copy there i do Watch out two people tell people about it mention oh, the man. sponsors do your job I am uh, I am I'm very excited because I'm going to be down at the Power and Light District starting at about noon. So come watch the AFC Championship game with me on Sunday. Grab a cold Miller Light, your favorite stadium eats, and cheer on the defending champions. Thank Incredible you. food and drink specials at McFadden's Pizza Bar, Guys Taco Dive, no other pub. It's free to get in. And you can reserve a table if you want to. You just go to powerandlightdistrict.com. That's powerandlightdistrict.com. We'll have giveaways. We'll have activities. We're going to break down the game. We're going to watch the game. We're going to party. And then, most likely, we're going to be celebrating like crazy that the Chiefs wow. are going back to the Super Bowl. So but come on down. Before that, all the coverage begins at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to have the game between the Chiefs and the Ravens, and then Chiefs postgame will immediately follow the game. The NFC Championship game will be on our sister station, ESPN Kansas City, and then immediately following postgame on 810. Tell us who brings us the uh, AFC to NFC Championship games, please. The AFC and NFC Championship games on Sports Radio 810 WHB are brought to you by Hollywood Casino, Missouri Farm Bureau, Greenlight Dispensary, and Adams Toyota. Stan Weber, NFC championship game who will win between the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers since you talked about all that promotion 
after the Chiefs win the game, you ought to root like crazy for the Detroit Lions. Let's go Lions! Because you want that cute little story to be in a Super Bowl, and you'll have the revenge of the first game, and you can smash them and win two Super Bowl championships in a row. Let's go. I like the way you talk. Let's go. So you do not want to see the Niners in the Super Bowl, because they're the better team. Uh, what will Brock Purdy do? He looked awful in the game the other day. He, he had that look in his face he had a couple of times at Iowa State. Like, I don't know why the ball is not going in accurately, and I, I'm not sure what's going on. He got bailed out, and they won the game against the Packers. Um, I think the Niners win, but the Niners are elite. If Brock just can throw the ball accurately, doesn't have to be a superstar just accurately, but they're great if they have all their weapons. And if uh, if their star wide receiver gets hurt, hurt again, Detroit can win the game. So I'm going to say uh, San Francisco is San Francisco's the better team, and I'll take the Niners. All right, give us the official prediction for Chiefs-Ravens. If you watch the video of the postgame in the locker room for the Kansas City Chiefs, that should give you the greatest level of confidence. When Andy Reid was in there, spoke to the team, and started mentioning that, you know, we don't need to celebrate right now. we got more work to do, but I'm, no really, I'm really proud of you guys. And then Patrick Mahomes is like, let's go. And then Travis Kelsey's like, wrap it up another level, another level. That just gives you the warmest feeling ever. They are locked in. They got an unbelievable coaching staff, an unbelievable team. But when Travis Kelsey says there's another level for the next playoff game and he's that engaged, uh, that is just unbelievable leadership. Chiefs aren't scared. It has nothing to do with being on the road. In fact, it could be an advantage. The Ravens haven't been that good at home this year. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to have to play excellent, unbelievable, clean, Lamar Jackson MVP-level football to win. I think there's probably like a 10 or 15% chance that happens. So the Ravens get the first shot at the game. If they play their best game like they did against the Niners, then they're the better team because both teams are very even across the board, except for the weapons that the Ravens have are better than the weapons the Chiefs have. Okay? Their wide receivers and tight ends are better than the Chiefs' wide receivers and tight ends. Otherwise, the Chiefs' defense is as good as the Ravens' defense and all of those things. But at the end of the day, I don't think that Lamar Jackson will respond that way, and I don't think the Ravens are any better, and they're than the Chiefs. They're about even, and the Chiefs are Super Bowl ready. They're playing great football. They know what they need to do, and so I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. What kind of scoring for those people that like the over unders? Uh, what, what are we looking at here? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Well, when I played my game, the average score was twenty two point five to twenty two. Mm-hmm. So that seems like it's really close to the over under that it I heard sure about is. earlier. Um. But I don't think the defenses are going to dominate. I just think that they're going to take time off the clock. So let's, I think, slightly over the over. I, I would say something like Chiefs 27, Ravens 26, maybe 27-24. Expect it right in the middle Tucker of the field 20s. goal to win it? Uh, how about a Tucker miss oh. yes, to keep them from winning? This is the wow. all-time greatest kicker. Miss it, you mother Tucker. And Lamar and Lamar Jackson's told he did everything he could. <laughs> but it's Patrick Mahomes' time, baby. That's Stan Weber. We'll be right back after this on WHB.